the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, radio family. This is Dr. Derek Greer. Due to the COVID crisis, our already crazy schedules have shot through the roof. But in particular, please pray for pastors and church staffs as we navigate through this incredibly difficult season. You know, our government has pledged to graciously support many businesses in this crisis, but churches are are largely on our own. And if we don't support God's voice in our communities, no one else will. So don't forget your local church. Lastly, I want to remind you that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He loves you, and my Bible says he will keep you as the apple of his eye. There's nothing ahead of you that's bigger than the God that lives on the inside of you. In times like these, it's really vital that we keep our hearts full of God's Word. So if you want to hear faith-filled messages or get a copy of me reading through all the healing scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, go to gracechurchva.org for free downloads. I love you, and our only goal is to help keep you strong. God bless you. We are excited to announce the Live Big television broadcast is back on BET on Sundays at 7 a.m. There are a few other changes, so visit DerekGreer.com to view the full broadcast schedule and much more. You were made to think big, do big, do big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow, yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness Live a life bigger than yourself You've tuned in to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big message. I'm going to pray as you open up your Bible or your iPhone or whatever you're using this morning to, to follow along. If, if you heard me teach from this portion of Scripture, I believe maybe about a year and a half ago I was in this portion of Scripture. It will not be the same message, so do not tune me out. It's part B, okay? So keep listening. You're going to learn some things. Father, we thank you for your word that shall not return unto your void but it will accomplish your purposes. We endeavor today to lift you up. And uh, Father, you know, I'm going to talk. You're going to teach. Holy Spirit, do what you do. And we'll give you all the honor for what you accomplished as we minister here today. In Jesus' name we pray. We all say amen. Amen. Luke chapter 18, beginning with the first verse. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect Very seldom does the Lord explain a parable before he tells it. This parable was so important that he didn't want to leave any room for misunderstanding. So even before he told the parable, he explains it. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that men ought to always or they ought to always pray and not what? 
lose heart. Now, what's going to be the challenge when you're praying for something or believing God for something? According to this passage, losing heart. So he, he, uh, the Holy Spirit moved upon the master and uh, these words came out of his mouth such that we would have a testimony or, or a record or, or teaching such that we can understand in the midst of, of challenges, confrontation, etc., we are not to lose heart. We're not to what? Give up. Two, he said in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected men. Like many judges in the ancient world, and I, I, I've had the privilege of traveling the globe and also today in the developing world and, you know, some of our major cities here in the U.S., Speaking of the judge that only honored the kickback, this was the judge that was only looking for the bribe. Justice was uh, uh, sold to the highest bidder. This was the type of guy this gentleman was. And since this woman was a widow, and we could assume that by virtue of the fact she didn't have money to give him, uh, to bribe him, to uh, side with her uh, on her case, we can also assume that this woman probably didn't have any means as well. Scripture says, and there was a what? widow woman. So we see a contrast here. We see the strongest person in society, the judge, but also the weakest, this, this widow. And not only was she a widow, she, 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 she was, or not only was she a woman, she was a widow, which means she was the most vulnerable person that walked the planet at this particular time, because a woman without a man was, 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 was a woman that could very easily be taken advantage of. It was just a very, very terrible situation. If you didn't have children or a younger son or or a husband to take care of you. And it seems by virtue of her having to go to this judge that she was on her own. So again, the epitome of, of, of vulnerability is, is, is seen in this woman here. Verse 3, and there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him. The idea that we can get results without taking action is absolutely foreign to Scripture. We just do not find it there. Scripture said, or did not say, Let's watch what it said. She did not only pray, but she what? Kept coming. This woman put feet, put hands on her prayers. She kept coming and saying. And what you say to yourself and others in the midst of crisis will often determine whether or not you come out. So pay attention to this woman. Give me justice against my adversary. Now, this woman had two problems. First, her adversary, which probably typifies the devil. The devil, our adversary, moves about like a roaring lion. But secondly, this evil judge. So we see here that the deck was stacked against this widow. And verse 4 says, for a while, he refused. This woman stood aground. You seldom win a boxing match in the first round. Scripture says, for a while. Now, you know the story of of, of the narrative of Moses dealing and facing the the magicians. What happened? The first couple times, the devil matched him. Remember, his rod turned into a snake, and what happened to theirs? It did the same thing, but his swallowed it up. You know, he turned in all the blood. They did the same, and, and the devil was able to follow for a season. And by the way, the devil will be able to manipulate and and do some things for a minute. But ultimately, it's he who endures to the end that shall prevail or or be saved, the Scripture says. For a while, he refused, but afterward, 
afterward only comes after you have stood your ground. The devil's not just going to roll over because you joined church last Sunday and, and you, sung, you, you sung a hymn and, and maybe you prayed a prayer. He's not just going to roll over. He's a real devil. He's going to resist you with all the power in him and all that's within his hands. But afterwards, after the woman stood, he said to himself, you know, sometimes, you know, folks that don't know God are more honest about their, their condition than folks that do know him. But he was honest, at least, about the type of man he was. He says, though I neither fear God nor respect man, this guy was a monster. He's literally the worst type of man you'll ever meet. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And this man had no sensitivity of conscience. It was all about the bribe. But then in verse 5, he says this. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me. If you're not bothering somebody, you're probably not doing anything for God. But because this widow keeps, it wasn't a momentary thing. It was a steady trip. This woman didn't have much, but she did work that which she did have. Are you hearing me? Yet because this widow keeps what? Bothering me. One day, John Wesley was riding his horse. You know, he was a circuit preacher, and he, he got on his pony to go to the places he went. And for about three days, he hadn't been persecuted. Nobody said anything bad. No one threw a, a brick at him, a rock at him, or, or rotten eggs. And it dawned on him while he was traveling to this city that nothing had happened in a matter of days. Visibly upset, John Wesley got off his horse and got on his knees and began to pray, Lord, have I backslidden? Lord, show me where I've missed it. But on the other side of the bushes where he was praying, there was a man that heard him, didn't know who he was, but overheard his prayer. And right after Wesley got up, the man saw who he was and said, you are the Methodist preacher I hate, and immediately picked up a brick and said, man, I'm going to answer your prayer. Threw it at John Wesley, missed, and fell harmlessly at his side. But then John jumped to his feet shouting, thank God it's all right. I still have the presence of God. Does God still make men and women like this today? Just a little bit of trouble, just a little bit of problem. You know, somebody hurts your feeling, I'm out of here, God is too hard. No, 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 not the men of old. And it ought not be the men and women of God today. Verse 5. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. Now this ungodly man eventually did the right thing, even though it was for the wrong reason, but he did the right thing. You see, I'm not responsible for people's motives. I don't know why people do what they do, but I am responsible to stand my ground and leave the rest to God. And this was how this woman handled her situation. The judge said, I will give her justice so that she will not give me the beat down. Is that what it said? No, no. So that she will not beat me down. The Greek literally here means to blacken the eye. This little woman was fierce, armed with only one weapon, perseverance, 
she spanked this judge like her own baby. We have more of an arsenal than we ever imagined if we just stand our ground. Scripture says after doing everything to stand, meaning there's a doing while you're standing, after doing everything to stand, then stands. Meaning that there's going to be a while of standing before you see the victory manifest. I believe it was to Moses, God says, stand still and see the salvation of our God. Now you would say stand still means doing nothing. No, no, he had to stand. You hear me? In, in the face of opposition, people looking at him like he was crazy, he had to do something. In Scripture, if you want victory, there's always a corresponding action. There's always something you must do in order to step into that victory. Did that make sense to you? Remember when the angel came to uh, Peter and broke his chains and set him free in the prison? Now, God did a wonderful thing. The, the saints were praying and, and God moved. But guess what? Peter still had to walk out of prison. Remember when an angel of God appeared to Paul and he said, listen, I'm going to save your life and everybody with you on this boat. A storm came, the boat broke up, and God did save every single person on that ship. But guess what? They had to swim the shore. How many of you know that Jesus was risen from the dead or rose from the dead? But the only way God could miraculously raise him from the dead, he had to die dead. You hear what I'm saying? He had to face the cross. There was no resurrection without Jesus dying. And unless you take your post and position and stand, you will not see the miracle of God. A lot of folks are praying for the lost. I believe you should. That's a good thing to do. Pray God opens the eyes of their understanding. Bind demons and the rest. But at some point, you got to share the gospel. If all you're doing is praying for people but not telling them the truth, you're not operating in biblical principle. How many of us would have liked God to say, you know what, the earth is having some problems. Father, I'm going to stay here in heaven. I'm going to pray for the people. No, God became a man. Emmanuel walked amongst us. And then imagine if Jesus said, you know what, I really care for people, but you know what, I don't want to do that dying thing. Uh, I'm going to just pray for them. No, no, he had to die on that cross. Imagine if Paul said, you know what, I really care about reaching the nations and, and impacting Europe and, and in Asia, but you know what, Lord, I'm just, I'm just going to go and, and bombard the, the gates of heaven. I'm just going to pray. No, 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 no. He had to put on his sandals. He had to walk the sandy shores. He had to go. And only where he went was the gospel spread. Faith without works is dead. The judge says, so that she will not beat me down by her what? Continual. Her what? Continual coming. Prayer to God alone did not change this judge. Her continual coming did. 20% of my prayer life is asking God to change things. But the, the vast majority, the lion's share of my prayer life, at least 80%, is, Lord, tell me, show me what I need to do. Lord, show me what I need to say. If you are praying instead of doing, you've missed the gospel message. I pray that I know what to do, but I don't pray instead of doing. Imagine if I say, Lord, I pray that my wife knows I love her, but I don't kiss her, don't spend time with her. But Lord, I'm praying that soften her heart, God, make our relationship better. But I don't do anything to invest in her, to, to, to enlarge our relationship. What sense would that make? Many of us, that's the approach we're making. We pray for our kids, but when's the last time you had a conversation? 
We pray for, for this and that, but, but when's the last time you had the guts and the gumption to stand up and put your finger in somebody's face and say, you know what it's going to be, just the way I said. I demanded and I'll settle for nothing less. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. Now, what's amazing here is God holds our hand through this entire parable. At the beginning or the outset of the parable, tells us what the parable is about. And then in the middle of the parable, he tells us exactly what we're to focus on. So let's do what Jesus said. He said, hear what the unjust judge says. So pay attention to it. This is what he said. Yet because this widow keeps what? Bothering me. It doesn't say this woman was rude, but it does say she was relentless. And some things in life you will only get if you go after it. Yet because this widow will not back down, Because this widow keeps standing her ground, because this widow keeps getting in my face, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. Everybody, and I don't know if this is your experience, but everybody doesn't listen to reason. How many of you got some people like that in your life? Some things are only going to happen because you choose to put your foot down. And until you put your foot down, it will not stop. If you don't use your authority, it will be used against you. What you tolerate is the very thing often that's beating you down. It's not the devil. It's what you're not confronting. It's what you're not addressing in life often that's causing the trouble. You say, my kids are bad. My kids are sideways. Well, tell them to turn off that TV. I mean, the power's within your hands. I'll do this within reason. Please don't misunderstand me. If they're watching things that are poisoning their minds and they're coming home with crazy attitudes, you still have a level of authority. Use it lovingly, wisely, graciously, but use your authority. See, there, there's something, I, I pray for my children, but 90% of the time, I talk to my children. I pray for what to say. But again, if if your attitude is, Lord, I'm a prayer warrior and I'm just going to pray, but you don't develop relationships and and do the legwork necessary for you to have influence, your prayer life is going to be a very, very frustrating thing. When I need Ephraim to do something in the office, I don't say, Lord, would you please move upon Ephraim's heart? That, that he would design this thing properly and, 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 Lord, move upon his heart that he might lead. I say, Ephraim, would you come to my office? Ephraim, this is what I need to do. Ephraim, I like this. I don't like that. But many of us, we're so, sh- I mean, we, we got such shriveled up, weak spirits. We don't address things. When people don't call me, you know, call me out of name, I don't respond. And if I don't like it, I say so. Are, are you hearing me? You say, well, well, that, that's, that's unkind. No, it's not. Speak the truth in love. He said, yet because this widow keeps bothering me. Are you bothering anybody? I irritate the heck out of certain people in my family. I know I do. And I do it because I love them. I'm not intensely, you know, rude and crude and all the rest and just annoying people saying hallelujah all day. I'm not doing that. But I'm supposed to rub certain people wrong. It's light and darkness. They just don't, you know, they just. My job's to salt that person and make them hungry for what I got. So if I'm hiding my light, how am I going to do that? It's a, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. It's a, 
a light, you, you stick up in I'm not ashamed of this light. This light is, is glorious, it's wonderful. Christ died that I might have it. I'm not ashamed of it. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her what? Justice, so that she will not beat me down. That's literally there. By her continual coming. Here's a message, and you're probably going to hear it for a few weeks, is it feels like I'm singing a song, same song kind of every Sunday, saying the same thing, but faith comes by hearing, and I want to keep saying it until you, you catch it. What the Lord's been saying to me is, son, the same tenacity it took to get you where you are in life is the same tenacity it's going to take to get you where you're going. So you're going to have to rediscover that fire in your belly. You're going to have to start wanting it more than you've ever imagined. And, you know, the worst thing you can do, and we, we said this on New Year's, we said this the week before, and forgive me for being repetitious, but the reality is it just until we, we get it, God's not going to stop saying he just seems to be that way. He, he keeps saying the same thing over and over again until I do that which he says. But what God is saying is that, church, there has to be a fire in your belly. If you're just expecting everything to just fall out of heaven and everything just to fall in place, it never will. This earth, everything goes from, from, from well, actually, before we, we get a hold of it, it, often it's a mess, but everything goes from order to disorder. I mean, that's just the reality. You, you know, uh, you don't cut, you leave your house for just a few months without the grass getting cut. Weeds start getting overgrown. Just leave your house for too long, and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, the temperature, you know, if there's not heat and cold in it, the, the walls begin to crack and stuff begins to happen. Even if you have the, the heat and the air on, uh, critters could start showing up, all types of things. A pipe could break and, and what could have been fixed in, in just, you know, overnight, you know, after it sits for six or seven weeks, it could ruin you. You see, in this world, if you don't establish order, there won't be none. And I've learned that life in the world is not so kind. And that unless I know what I want and put my foot down and and guess I'm not pushing people. I'm not doing that. But I do know what I want. And, and there's certain things I will not accept in my life. I will not accept my two boys beating on each other. I just won't have it. I won't accept my boys. I pull up their pants, by the way, every time they come in the house. But I, that, 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 you know, I can't, I can't beat that. But, but certain types of language. I have, sorry, we just don't do that here. You know, kids, I love you for you. But in this house, this is our culture. And you know, when you go to Spain, you speak Spanish. Right now, you're in our house. So you're going to speak a certain way. You're going to behave a certain way. You hear what I'm saying? But these are, it sounds like rules and like I'm some heavy. Not really, not really. The, the reality is the kids know what to expect. And because they know what to expect, and I'm very clear about what I want, they know exactly what to do and what not to do. Now, I don't know what they do at school. But I do know what they do at the house. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? If this unjust judge would eventually do the right thing, how much more would a loving and just God do what's right? James 2 and 14, let's go there. Real, real quiet Sunday, but I believe the truth of the scriptures will be a blessing to you. Now, James, a very loving but a very, very tough pastor, watch what he says. What good is it? Now, that doesn't strike us the way it would strike the people listening in the first century. But if you, you put it in, in modern-day parlance, he's basically saying some of us are no good. What good is it? He puts it as a question, but it's really a, the, the answer is some of y'all are no good. 
What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but has no what? Your faith is not faith until it expresses itself in action. That man says he loves you. But after five years of dating, he will not marry you. Faith without works is what? I'm a metal for a moment. Been living with that man or that woman for three years, but they don't want to marry you. Faith without works is dead. That's not love. That's baloney. What, what's the scripture that says if you could get the cow for free, or you get the milk for free, buy the cheap? See, I'm messing up the scriptures, right? That's in the book of Derek, by the way. If you get the milk for free, why buy the cow? This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big. There's a lot going on surrounding the coronavirus, and, and while we should be cautious and use wisdom, we must fight against living in fear. In times of crisis, you know, stress can wreak havoc in our minds and bodies if we let it. Don't get me wrong, fear is a natural emotion, but through God's word, we have power to overcome it. 1 Peter 5 and 7 teaches us to give all our worries and cares to him because he cares for us. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 reminds us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sometimes there's nothing you can do to control your situation, but in times like this, we look to what God has put in us to overcome what's around us. And I want to encourage you to build your faith and find peace in God's Word. Go to gracechurchva.org to listen to my latest series titled, No Fear. Also, get a copy of me reading all of the healing scriptures in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation as a free download. I love you, I'm praying for you, and we will get through this together.